Olo acquires wisely, outdoor dining allowances, and a new robot called Wingy. Let's find out about it on this week's Monday Minute. Okay, Meredith, you have the first question this week. Uh, The National Restaurant Association is lobbying for outdoor dining allowances for restaurants. Are you excited by this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think maybe the biggest question is why do we need to lobby for this? I think many of us love the outdoor dining vacation feel in normal times. And during a pandemic, a lot of us feel safer eating outside. The NRA reports that 68% of full-service restaurants are getting 20% of their revenue from outdoor dining. So it's an important part of the recovery for restaurants. And yet, the National Restaurant Association needs to lobby for it. So what's up with that? I think, um, you know, as you look around where some of this outdoor dining is, uh, in places with wide sidewalks, of course, it can go on the sidewalk. But on a lot of parts of America, there are not wide sidewalks. And the outdoor dining has uh, taken the place of parking spaces, either on street or in back parking lots. And so there's a little bit of tension between, uh, you know, all the people who want parking, uh, which includes other retailers, um, possibly even other restaurants, and the people who want outdoor dining. So it's something that we need to, if we value it, um, speak up for. Now, I am hopeful that if this goes on long enough, uh, we're going to realize we don't actually need all that parking. Of course, millennials are uh, getting driver's license at lower rates than ever before. And Gen Z, the generation that comes after them, even less. So uh, we could find out that we prefer eating outside over parking our cars. All right. So the next question is for you, Carl. Uh, There was an article about wearables saving backs at PepsiCo. Uh, How might wearables apply to the restaurant industry? And maybe first, what is a wearable? <laughs> yeah, the, our viewers might be uh, listening and going, what are they talking about this week with this? Um, well, PepsiCo, of course, are also part of Frito-Lay. And uh, they have been given their staff members that work in the manufacturing areas uh, these belt buckles almost, or something that just buckles onto your belt, which actually monitors the way you're moving uh, during your work. Now, they have said that this has saved something like 67% year on year in terms of lost work time and helping people prevent bad back practices. Now, what has this got to do with restaurants? Uh, Well, for me, the opportunity here could be something around helping restaurants improve the quality of their work. Maybe it could be something monitoring the actual activity within a kitchen. Perhaps it could be something monitoring the amount of steps that different people are taking to try and find operational efficiencies in the movement patterns. All of these things together are going to help ultimately improve throughput rates of how a restaurant operates. And in the same way as we talk about lean manufacturing and lean retail, I think these kind of principles are going to be particularly pertinent when it comes to how wearables are going to come into the restaurant environment. All right, our third question this week is about our friends over at Olo. Uh, They have acquired a company called Wisely, and they've also announced a partnership with Demand Local. So what's interesting you about this one, Meredith, and why is it important for our audience? Yeah, well, a lot of interesting things. I think, first of all, you know, Olo being one of the largest options for converting to first-party ordering, uh, for them to go out and get Wisely, which is mostly a loyalty platform, but some digital marketing, as well as Demand Local, who specializes in digital marketing for restaurants. I think what that tells you is um, a couple things. Number one, 
Um, having a great frictionless experience is awesome, but you still need to bring people into the top of the funnel. Um, and so that's what Olo is helping restaurants do with um, this acquisition and this partnership. Second, I think that um, we're going to see more consolidation generally in the space. Um, right now, of course, we know it's difficult to be a restaurant. There are so many different options out there of um, awesome new technologies that can help make your restaurant better that it's hard to know where to begin. Uh, but as folks like Olo start putting together a bunch of the different pieces into uh, kind of a one-stop shop, I think that will be much easier for restaurants to figure out what they need and where to go. Um, the third thing that I find interesting about this um, announcement is that um, I think it massively benefits both Olo and the restaurants. So I see a lot of, um, I guess what I'll call services at the top, bringing new consumers into that first party platform. Um, Olo, of course, benefits from that. But the restaurants really do too. And I think as they're able to switch more people over to first party, like we talk about in the book, they will find that delivery is a lot more profitable than they think. Right, question four. Buffalo Wild Wings is testing a wing-making robot. Are we going to see more of this, Carl? Yes, it's uh, it's no longer flippy. I think it's called wingy, or, uh, if I remember rightly. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings are actually starting this in a ghost kitchen environment, I believe, in Atlanta, in one of the Inspire Kitchen locations there, before taking it live out to a Buffalo Wild Wings location themselves. Um, it's exciting, right? This is what we've been talking about for a while now, um, and I think it's only the start of what we'll start to see across many different uh, areas within the industry. Um, this is taking both fresh and frozen or hand-breaded wings. It's been able to almost automate a very repetitive part of the process, if you will. And I think the great thing about what they're doing here is, is they're saying it will not only save on food waste, but it will also improve the time it takes for food production by potentially as much as 10 to 20%. And so the, the robotics angle is something which is help is helping, I think, the kitchen worker. It's not completely replacing the kitchen worker uh, because they're still needing to be there for placing the boxes and placing the plates and things like that. But it is certainly going to help improve on accuracy, waste, and food production time. And it'll be interesting to see how fast Buffalo Wild Wings gets this particular functionality rolled out across their network. They're saying it can probably be in 10 locations over the course of the next year, next year which for something as fundamental as this is pretty impressive. Okay, our last question this week is um, an article from Restaurant uh, Dive talked about QSR design and how it's actually now being incorporated into the way in which off-premise is working. You've been exploring this space a little bit this week. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about your thoughts around it? Yeah, sure. So first of all, anytime a change in consumer behavior affects the physical world and we start building buildings that are going to last for, you know, 40, 50 years to accommodate how the human beings are behaving, I think that tells you that we have with us a lasting change in human behavior. So if we've got any holdouts out there on uh, digital, I think we can say very firmly that it's here with us to stay. So the main challenge that I think restaurants are trying to solve is if someone orders ahead, how do they get the food? And whether they order ahead through a third-party platform and delivery drivers picking it up, or if they're picking it up themselves, where are they actually going to pick up the food? And many restaurants have taken um, the path of, well, we're going to have them pull in and park and either have an employee run out for curbside 
or have the consumer or driver run in to pick up the order. Uh, and you see a lot of additional curbside parking signs, just like you see at you know, Grocery and Home Depot and Target and all the other places who are doing buy online, pick up in store. That's one path. The other path, which I think is more interesting, is going to um, a double drive-through lane where one of them has the traditional order point and pickup, and the other one is an expedited lane for folks who place their order beforehand, whether, again, it's a driver coming through to pick up a delivery order or a consumer coming through to pick up something that they've um, ordered beforehand online. And um, this was absolutely the number one topic of conversation at Restaurant Spaces this week. Restaurant Spaces is a convention dedicated to the design and construction of restaurants. And everyone was talking about how do I create an easier experience for my consumer uh, to pick up their food? Now, what's fascinating about this to me um, as a uh, urban planning nerd, of course, is that um, there are a limited number of drive through spots out there, and you now have brands like Chipotle, brands like Panera, even brands like P.F. Chang saying they want to have a drive through So the demand for drive throughs is going up. Meanwhile, cities have made it harder and harder and harder to put a drive through in. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, do the cities change? Do the restaurants find, um, you know, a new, I'll call it third path of development that's something we haven't ever even seen before that isn't a drive-through? Um, or do the landlords uh, become the beneficiary of the supply and demand imbalance? We'll see. We certainly will. Well, that's a fascinating one to, to keep our eyes peeled for. Okay, everyone. Well, that is it for another week. I hope you've enjoyed our five articles this week. Uh, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? What comments do you have? Please put them below as always. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe and share this with those that you think might enjoy it too. But until next week, thanks for your time. <laughs>